This is the Statman Sports Podcast, where we keep topics in context. This is your host, Steve Duffus, who is still wondering why the Seahawks didn't run the ball. Ah, it's a beautiful day to talk sports, baby. Welcome to episode number 92 of the Statman Sports Podcast. This is your host, Steve Duffus. And we want to begin today by giving a big congratulations to the Los Angeles Dodgers for finally winning the World Series since 1988. And shout out to the homie, Kenley Janssen. Pabien Miave. Congratulations, my dude. Man, you finally got that World Series championship. All that hard work you put in, you're representing the island of Curacao and all your people. The best, man. So congratulations. Celebrate till kingdom come, my dude. For those of you who've been there since day one, thank you for showing up. And for those of you who showing up for the first time, I appreciate you showing that support. Man, today, today, whew, basketball's over. Tennis is going on. Baseball's now over. So there's a lot of time for us to talk some football. And today, we, we try to do things a little different just to give you guys a little flavor as to what's happening for the upcoming episode. So what we're going to do today as all of you are expecting and wondering what we're going to talk about is we're going to focus on some football today after week six there's a few things that we need to talk about for us to get an indication of what is going to happen for the upcoming season so what we're going to talk about in segment number one is antonio brown did the Milwaukee, did the milwaukee bucks did the tampa bay bucks make the right decision in signing antonio brown how is that going to play out for them for the rest of this regular season and also in the next coming segments we're going to talk about the strength and weaknesses of all the teams that i think are super bowl contenders it's going to be a very fun ride so i hope you stay tuned in to listen to what i have to talk about and i hope you guys can also uh get some takeaways from this with no further ado let's just get right into it huh what are you talking about man What? <laughs> Bro, what are you talking about, man? Tom Brady finally got his wishes. He got Antonio Brown on his team. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers might be the best NFL team. And that includes the Kansas City Chiefs, yes. The undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers, yes. And anybody else, including my Green Bay Packers, who sit at 5-1, who has a second-ranked offense in the NFL. The Buccaneers have the highest point differential at plus 80. They rank first in footballs outside of DVOA, which is something I'm going to get into and explain to you in the next segment. They're leading everyone by like a large margin on both sides of the ball. They have a very good offense and the defense is even better. And now they're bringing in the most toxic player in the NFL. And in my estimation, probably the most toxic player the NFL has ever seen. He has created problems on three other teams, and now he's probably going to make it a fort. Yes. Yes. He's probably going to make it a fort. When the Buccaneers signed Antonio Brown, there was literally no secrets, right? If Brown wrecks the Bucs and he decides to go AWOL, the only team to blame is the Buccaneers themselves. Okay? It is well documented the type of player that Antonio Brown is. And it's also well documented how he feels about his own game and about his teammates. This isn't about the moral dilemma of the Buccaneers signing someone who has been repeatedly accused of domestic violence. That's not it though. This is a football move by the Buccaneers. 
so let's really keep it into that perspective because if i try to get into everything else this segment is going to run for three hours it's a needless risk and it's like i said in the beginning of the segment is to just appease tom brady so anyone that thinks that tom brady has no power on what the buccaneers do like lebron james with the lakers you're living in fantasy world tom brady always wanted antonio brown antonio brown always wanted tom brady antonio brown was clear about that on social media and he was clear about wanting to catch footballs from tom brady but then that raises the question though did the bucks really make the right decision in signing antonio brown because like again again like i said antonio brown comes with his issues just like he did in pittsburgh just like he did in oakland just like he did two days in the new england patriots the Bucs would then screw up a season in which they look like Super Bowl contenders, at least after week six. And for what? They don't need Antonio Brown. They're already contenders. But we get it. Antonio Brown is a talented wide receiver. Must I remind everyone? When Antonio Brown played for the Pittsburgh Steelers, he was arguably playing as a top five wide receiver ever. Not just in Pittsburgh Steelers history on the NFL at the time, just five top five wide receiver ever okay and we saw a glimpse of that in one game in new england last year but i must remind everyone again building a championship football team involved more than just collecting talent anyone assuming that the only factor in antonio brown signing with the tampa bay buccaneers is how many yards he's gained is also willfully ignoring the downside of having antonio brown on your team and history suggests that Antonio Brown will disrupt the Buccaneers' season. It's already hard. Look at it. Without Antonio Brown, Tom Brady has to get passes to Chris Godwin. Mike Evans is not getting enough catches. Bruce Arians needs to worry about getting Gronk involved. They also have the second best running game in the NFL. So they have a lot of cake to share around that team. And now you're bringing in a bona fide diva and antonio brown to your team when i saw the news i chuckled i was like oh my goodness they're giving tom brady another weapon because i was just looking at it at the moment from a football perspective but when you break it down and you look at everything else that is involved in having antonio brown on your team the question is again did the bucks make the right choice in signing him is that the right decision? Did they make the right decision? Is that is their strength now becoming a weakness because they signed Antonio Brown? That's a question. That's a question that we will see answered in the next couple of weeks. It seems like the Buccaneers are hitting on a 20 in blackjack and hoping for an ace. And anybody who's been to a casino and you play blackjack, you know what the odds of that is. So hey, we have to look at it in both sides though. If they sign Antonio Brown and it goes well great for the tampa bay buccaneers but if it goes wrong it will go really 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 wrong so <laughs> i'm looking forward to that today is a great day to start your own podcast whether you're looking for a new marketing channel you have a message you want to share to the world or you think it would be fun to have your own sports show like i do for the Statman sports podcast podcasting is very easy 
inexpensive and is a fun way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your own podcast. And since I have my podcast on Buzzsprout, it's one of the easiest decisions I've ever had to make. Your show can be online. It can be listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more within minutes of finishing your recording. So podcasting isn't that hard when you have the right partners. And the team at Buzzsprout is passionate at helping you succeed. So I would encourage you to join the thousands of podcasters that are already online with Buzzsprout and try to get your message out there. Let's create something great together. Welcome back. Earlier, we talked about the DVOA. This is an acronym that I mentioned in the first segment. It's because we wanted to talk about the strengths and weaknesses of all the Super Bowl contenders that I, the teams that I thought were Super Bowl contenders. But first, we must understand this. For those of you who are here for the first time listening to this podcast, we pride ourselves on taking a box score, some analytics, and breaking them down in layman terms so you can understand why certain situations happen in a game. And DVOA is a statistic based on football outsiders this is a company f- for the nfl well they're not affiliated with the nfl but they produce information for the nfl for the so the common people like us can understand how certain situations happen in a game so i'm going to read you off their website what the dvoa stands for dvoa breaks down the entire season play by play comparing success on each play to the league average based on a number of variables including the down, the distance, the location on the field, the current scope gap, the quarter they're in, and the opponent quality. While it can be used as a measure of a total team performance, it can also differ from a lot of different common statistics that you see online. The DVOA stands for Defense Adjusted Value Over Average. That's what it stands for, all right? So now that we have that out the way, right you can go back and rewind it and listen to it again if you didn't really understand it but pretty much in layman terms what it's saying is it takes every situation on the field every play on the field every team on the field every person on the field and breaks that down so you can understand in situations what you should be able to do so in plain english it's just analytics so based on this variant or this dvoa i chose out and i tried to see Based on the teams that I think are Super Bowl contenders, what are the strengths and what are the weaknesses? So I'm going to begin with the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs right now have an 80% chance to win their division once again. That's the highest number in all of the NFL. This is the biggest strength for the Kansas City Chiefs. It has always been their passing game. They have the best quarter, the best overall quarterback in the NFL, in Patrick Mahomes. He's number one in the DVOA. He's number two in the QBR behind Aaron Rodgers. And <laughs> the most remarkable thing about the Kansas City Chiefs now is that they can actually run the football. Defenses have been gearing towards stopping Patrick Mahomes, and now you have to worry about their running game. So <laughs> good luck with that the rest of the NFL. It's very hard. We must note, though, that it's very hard for any team to repeat in the NFL based on how schedules are constructed based on how the league has historically been in terms of championships but the way the kansas city chiefs are going right now it looks like they're just cruising trying to figure out what they want to do what balance they're trying to gather as the season goes along so that's their biggest strength but of course we want to talk about their weaknesses the biggest weakness for me what i see for the kansas city chiefs 
has always been their run defense. Kansas City is fourth in the DVOA against the pass, but they're also 27 against the run. The Chiefs are only one of three defenses that have allowed better efficiency on the ground than through the air. The other two teams, Miami Dolphins and the Detroit Lions. So, <laughs> as a Chiefs fan, I would think about those things. Because on the other end, you can also say, well... We have Patrick Mahomes, so why do we really have to be any good on defense? I mean, people just have to try to outscore us. That is true, too. People do have to outscore you. But I always say, offense sell tickets, defense win championships. And that applies to any sport that you play. Moving on. The team that I think is second on the list in terms of the Super Bowl contender is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Surprise, surprise, surprise. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers ranked number one in the DVOA. And of course, after that dominant game against the Green Bay Packers, their rating went up even higher. So as of right now, I don't really think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are necessarily in week six, the clear favorite, but they're showing signs of becoming the clear favorite. To me, it's still the clear favorite is the Seattle Seahawks and the Green Bay Packers. And I'll get to that, and I'll get to that in a moment. But for the Buccaneers, this is the biggest, the biggest strength that I see so far. Literally, their entire defense. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense ranked number one in, the, in any metric that you use. The DVOA, you want to use the 50-30 metric, you want to use the ESPN metric, you want to use any type of football metric. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense are literally looking almost, almost, like the 2000 Ravens defense. Well, really, not not a stretch. I mean, I just got excited for a moment. Not, 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 not that good. But they're good, though. They're really, 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 really good. The Bucks don't necessarily have a historically great defense like New England and San Francisco did in the first couple of games last season. But <laughs> they are shutting people down. They're creating a lot of three and outs. And through the first six games since 1985, when they started keeping track of advanced metrics for defense... This Tampa Bay Buccaneers is ranked top 20. Top 20. So that is the Bucs' strength right now. As much as we want to talk about Tom Brady and all the weapons they acquired, and of course we talked about Antonio Brown in the previous segment, the defense is what's going to carry the Bucs eventually to a Super Bowl and actually winning the Super Bowl is eventually they get there, obviously. So we want to transition to their biggest weakness. And to me, it's kind of hard to find one. Because in the first couple of weeks, I remember talking about Tom Brady being washed up. And that's what I said a lot, too. I was like, oh, Tom Brady's washed up. Like, he's not really that good. He's throwing a bunch of two-yard passes. And people think he's good. He doesn't have an arm strength. Well, I'm the type of guy that I admit when I'm wrong. And through the first six weeks of the season, Tom Brady's looking like he's in the top five for the MVP race. That's how good Tom Brady has looked. He's thrown a lot of interceptions. But a lot of that has come from, I guess, not being too well synchronized with his receivers you know he's still learning the playbook again i don't want to sit here and make excuses for tom brady because that's who we are but the fact is these are things that we need to consider when we look and evaluate somebody's game so overall i don't necessarily see any big weaknesses right now for the tampa bay buccaneers the only thing i probably say is their right guard who's ranked 43rd in pass blocking and eh. I mean, you can get over that by, you know, just dropping back your running back and have him block and help your weak side. So, and Tom Brady's one of the greatest players to ever play the game. Like, he can read defenses <laughs> in his sleep. So, I don't necessarily think that would be a problem for Tom Brady. So, we want to move on to the Baltimore Ravens. Okay, so, 
the Baltimore Ravens, just like the Kansas City Chiefs, the Ravens right now, they have the best point differential in the league and they rank second in the DVOA and third if we incorporate the preseason data. Now, let's talk about their biggest strength. Right now, surprisingly, it's not Lamar Jackson. The Baltimore Ravens' biggest strength is their special teams. They're ranked number one. They're ranked number one this season on special teams. Again, defense win championships and your special teams is part of your defense. They're ranked right now number one in DVOA, number one in the special teams ranking, and nearly twice as any other team. They're just, they're just miles better than any other special team in the league. And Baltimore is a rare team that is consistently good on special teams, which is actually very inconsistent because in the NFL, you don't have consistent special teams. So that's a rare thing to have for the Baltimore Ravens. And if you couple that with Lamar Jackson going back to his MVP level from last year, Oh yeah, it's going to be a scary sight. But the weakness that I see so far for the Baltimore Ravens is their passing game. Like I said, if you couple Lamar Jackson playing like he did last year, keyword, like he played last year, because this year he's not doing any good. Right now, Lamar Jackson is ranked 20th in the DVOA, but he's also ranked 9th in the QBR, but QBR also takes into account his running game, and Lamar Jackson is running a lot more this season than he has last season. So... Three of Baltimore's top four wide receivers have negative receiving DVOAs with the exception of rookie Devin Duvernay. So you have to think about all those things. The offense is not looking all that great. They're only gathering 4.8 net yards per play. And they're averaging about seven or less yards when Lamar Jackson drops back into coverage. I mean, not into coverage, when he drops back in the pocket. So that's something for us to really think about when we talk about Super Bowl contenders. If your quarterback is not optimal, you're not going to win a Super Bowl. But I still consider the Baltimore Ravens to be up there because they have a good defense, a great special team, and I think eventually Lamar Jackson will come into his own. The Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> the Seattle Seahawks, they're a very particular team. I know a lot of people and in group chats that I'm in that are really hating on Russell Wilson because they think Russell Wilson is a product of his team. Well, I'm here to tell you, Right now, Russell Wilson is looking like he is the team. <laughs> he was on pace earlier to break every passing record. He had a ridiculous uh, completion percentage. He had a ridiculous amount of yards. So obviously, I led up to the biggest strength for the Seattle Seahawks, which happens to be the passing of Russell Wilson. But I would not discount the running game because based on the DVOA, the Seattle's passing game is ranked number three and their rushing attack is ranked number eight, which combines to make them the number one offense in the DVOA. Despite relative efficiency of the running game, it's the imbalance between the two that makes Seattle number one overall. It's crazy, right? Because passing is much more efficient than running and Seattle is passing way more this year than they have in the past. So therefore, making the Seattle offense number one, making the rating a lot higher, and obviously it's paying off for Russell Wilson. But of course, just like any strength for every other team, we talk about their weaknesses. And right now, the biggest weakness I see for the Seattle Seahawks is their pass coverage in the secondary. You know how ridiculous and bad their pass coverage is? Seattle has allowed 296 receiving yards per game to opposing wide receivers. Not total, per game. No other defense in the league comes within 80 yards of 296 average. So let me, let me really put this into perspective. Their top two cornerbacks, Shaquille Griffin and uh, Trey Flowers, 
Shaquille is averaging 70% completion rate with 9.1 yards per target according to Sports Info Solution Charting. I'll leave a note to their website in the show notes so you can take a look at this for yourself because these numbers look ridiculous. And then their second best corner, Trey Flowers, is allowing an 84% completion rate to wide receivers on 12 yards per target. So practically in layman terms, what it's saying is any team that plays Seattle's pass defense they will have a field day and that's their biggest weakness again i'm going to mention it for the third time on the podcast offense sell tickets defense wins championships then we move on to the next contender which i think uh has a his own contender their own division happens to be the pittsburgh steelers <laughs> they're playing the same division if you don't know they play in the same division as the baltimore ravens and i consider the baltimore ravens to also be a super bowl contender so you already know the difficulty of that division now with the pittsburgh steelers their biggest strength to me is just their defensive front you name a, you name any stat any stat that you try to measure a defensive front by and the steelers are literally number one number two or number three in the league that's how good the defensive front is and like i said if you're trying to win championships you got to put pressure on the quarterback and right now obviously if devin because devin bush has torn his acl and is probably most likely out for a long period of time even for the remainder of the season it's going to hurt them a lot but it doesn't negate the fact that their defense can't get pressure to the quarterback and for the steelers to be any type of productive on the defensive end you need a great defensive front and that's what they have but as much as i want to talk about the defensive front one of the weaknesses i see as well is the defensive coverage now look how crazy that is right because if you think about the steelers history they've always been great they always had great linebackers they also they always had great defensive front and they always had great to good safeties Ryan Clark, Troy Palomalo, these guys were just ridiculous on the defensive front. So for their weakness to be the defensive coverage, it makes you think about this. So let me let me put it this way like I have it in a note so you can understand. I wrote it out this way. The Steelers have been a very good, well-rounded team. They rank top 10 on the DVOA for all players that are playing in the game. So all Steelers players that have been on the field, they rank someplace between 1 and 10 in the DVOA. But they do have an issue allowing a lot of yardage when the pass rush don't get to the quarterback, especially when you adjust for their easy schedule so far this year. Pittsburgh ranked 30th in DVOA covering wide receivers and 31st in the DVOA on deep passes. That means 16 yards downfield or more. Joe Hayden, Mike Hilton, and Steven Nelson have each allowed over 8 yards per target. So again, as great as the defensive front is, as great as that is a strength for them, if those guys are not getting to the quarterback, then you leave that second level open to a lot of mismatches, a lot of yardage. And over the course of a season, if you don't figure those things out, it doesn't matter how great your offense is, you're still going to lose games and you're going to lose a big one in the playoffs. So thus far, this is what the Steelers need to work on. And then finally, the team that I think, like they always say, you leave you leave uh, the best for last, is the Green Bay Packers. Right now, they're 5-1. and one. Their biggest strength, aside from that blip against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Green Bay Packers have done what they are supposed to do and what I expected them to do. Their biggest strength, you know who it is and what it is? 
Guess what? Surprise, surprise, surprise. Their biggest strength happens to be Aaron Rodgers. He's still arguably the second best quarterback behind Patrick Mahomes in the league. Not just talent-wise, but numbers-wise as well. He still stands out because, obviously, he has the best QBR in the NFL. The Packers are still averaging about 300 yard passing and are still averaging about 35 points a game. And mind you now, he's doing all of this, only getting three games each from his two best receivers in Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard. So yes, if you don't think that's the Packers' greatest strength in having Aaron Rodgers on top of his game, then I don't know what type of football game you're looking at. But, of course... <laughs> As great as Green Bay's offense has been, the weakness for Green Bay, and as a fan, as a Green Bay fan, I always complain about this for decades, and all Green Bay fans will agree with me with this. Regardless if we have Zadarius Thomas, Jair Alexander, if we have Kenny Clark up front, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the combinations of defenses that we have. The defense is just not great, and is again this season another weakness the Packers ranked 30th in the defensive DVOA although that's somewhat biased by the fact that we've been blowing out teams like early so therefore you know we're just letting teams just run shop with yards get a bunch of yards so it does it's not reflective of how good the defense have been but then again we have one sample size when the game was close against the Tampa, Tampa Bay Buccaneers it looked like the Packers was going to run away with that game but then all of a sudden Tom Brady figured them out and guess what happened Green Bay didn't know what to do on the defensive end and therefore stagnated their offense as well, which is happens to be, you know, their strength with Aaron Rodgers, but he himself didn't play well. But overall, overall, the Packers defense is just not, it's just not good. The Packers ranked 30th in DVOA also in the first quarter of games. And Green Bay so far has the worst defensive DVOA in the league in the red zone. So guess what? Green Bay has scored on the first possession the entire season in all games. But when other teams get in the red zone, especially in the first quarter, they also score. So that puts more pressure on your offense. Defense in Green Bay, I need you to do your job. I need you to do your job. Do this thing. If y'all trying to win a Super Bowl, you need to do your job. That's what I expect you to do, Green Bay Packers. But so far, those are the teams that I consider to be the top-notch Super Bowl contenders. Some of you might say, well, you left out the New Orleans Saints. They're just not good on offense. The Los Angeles Rams, I still have questions about Jared Goff. The defense have been playing good, but they haven't been consistent. The Chicago Bears, those guys, they don't even have a quarterback. So I've not even considered them any threat to anything. That 5-1 record is just misleading altogether. The Arizona Cardinals, I don't think Kyler Murray is ready to propel this team into Super Bowl contention. So that's all the teams that I have so far mentioned into my top Super Bowl contenders. And I hope I could broke this down so you guys can get an idea of how we need to look forward for the rest of of this season ah we've come to the end of another episode that was episode number 92 man i had a lot of fun you know breaking down you know the super bowl teams that i thought are contenders and strengths and weaknesses i also enjoy talking a lot about antonio brown and what i think is going to be a debacle in tampa bay but that's what we're here for man the nfl is all about the storyline so that's what i really care about but again i hope this week i also broke down 
things so you can understand and for you to enjoy that statistics is not just something that we throw in people's faces but it's useful for understanding a grand picture a grand scheme of things when it comes to sports but before i let you guys go though i would greatly appreciate if you have already not hit that subscribe button if you enjoyed this episode you can hit that subscribe button and you'll get an update every time a new episode goes online remember every tuesday every week we upload uh, episodes for the Stat Man Sports Podcast. For those of you who have always showed their support, man, thank you. I, I always said I would never stop telling you thanks because it wasn't because of you I would be here. I would not be here today. So thank you guys so much for showing all that support. And um, we look forward to talking to you about more sports. If you're looking, if base, if you're looking forward to um, more sports, we know baseball's over, basketball's over. But if you if you're interested in watching more sports as a sports fanatic the UEFA Champions League is on football soccer slash soccer you guys know I hate saying soccer but it's football because use your foot so the UEFA Champions League is here you know the teams are now playing the group stage game so you can enjoy that get into the sports we're going to talk about those in later episodes we are eight episodes away from episode 100 so stay tuned for that we have a great amazing episode coming for you for episode 100 is a great milestone that i would like to share with all of you so uh look i very much look forward to that and i hope you look forward to that too so man this is all for this episode today so for right now Statman, signing out baby thanks for listening to the Statman sports podcast see you next time